You're listening to the Freedom House Podcast. We're a house that will empower you in your walk with Christ to get free, live free, and set others free. This is our Sunday service series. For more information, go to FHUS.org. Enjoy. What does it mean to be aligned? And we're going to talk about this this morning. Because in these time, if you are a believer, it's not just enough to believe in Jesus. How many know salvation and, and the finished work of Christ on the cross is not just about praying the sinner's prayer, I believe in God. Even the devil believes in God. But it's about making him Savior, receiving what he's done on the cross. But then now as we have life, we're living our life for him. And that's where lordship comes on. And so much of the church, and we see, and even many believers that are in the church, the wheat and the tares are growing together. What separates the wheat from the tare? Lordship. Because we can all experience the blessing of God. Come on, y'all drank your free coffee this morning? Y'all got some good coffee? We come in, we have a nice air conditioning building, free childcare. Comfortable seats this morning. Come on, a good looking preacher. Amen, Pastor. Oh God. We, we've got all of these things that, that are there, but what we can just come to the place where we're just enjoying the blessing of God. We're enjoying the overflow. We're enjoying what other people paid the price for by their surrendered lives to God. And the wheat and the tares are growing together. But, but the wheat are those that are bearing fruit. Those that have been taught and they're teaching others. Those that have come into right alignment with the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the grace of God is there. And we thank God for that because sometimes we can start as a tear and then we begin to convert into wheat. And I've, I've, I've never give up on people that some people come and they sat for a year and they're not getting it and they're just going through the motions. But all of a sudden they have an encounter with God. And uh, God is a God of suddenly. And so we never write people off. But at the same time, there is a uh, urgency to get into alignment. Because if we're not walking in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it can end in our destruction. During 9-11, you hear stories, and it was a terrible time where terrorism was rampant in America. We've never seen something like that before on our soil. But there were believers that got up in the morning, and as they went to work, the Holy Spirit said, mm-mm. And they postponed their meetings to the afternoon to pray and try to figure out why they were so uncomfortable. And they saw on the news that their office had crumbled to the ground. There were people that were getting ready to get on airplanes. And the Holy Spirit was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't get on the airplane. And, and they changed their flight and that plane crashed. And so as we live in perilous times, it's important for us to be led by the Holy Spirit. We cannot be led by the Holy Spirit if Jesus is not Lord in our lives. Because the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, someone say the Spirit of the Lord. There's liberty, there's freedom. But what's the freedom? And knowing God's in control and that he's the senior partner in your business, that he's the senior partner in your marriage, that he's the third person in the midst of what's happening, that he's got your kids. Someone say Amen. Some of our kids could be away from God, but, but, but he, we, God loves our kids more than we do. And we're inviting him into all those areas. So alignment is so important. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, But know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Hello. How many believe we're living in the last days? It says, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, excuse me, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such people turn away. Fill in the blanks. How does that sound like the day that we're living in? And so we're living in perilous times where people are lovers of themselves. They're lovers of the flesh. There's no self-control. If it feels good, do it and don't care about anybody else. I want to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and nobody is telling me no. Welcome to Santa Cruz. Come on. And we can begin to do that. And what do we do? We bring that culture into the church. But we have a form of godliness. We clap. We do our charismatic hop. Come on. We, we know the scriptures. We, we can go along with emotions. And, and he's talking to Christians here. He's not just saying this is happening in the world. But the spirit of the world has invaded the church. 
And really what's the battle, the struggle that's going on? It's between the kingdom of God and it's between the kingdom of this world. What system are we embracing? What, who is Lord over our life? What, what value system are we looking at? Are we under the, the value system of mammon? Come on, we all need money. God knows that we need money. Money is how we transact. But are we living for money? We, we spend our time, we say, well, you know, money's not good. Money's evil. Money's not evil. The Bible says the love of money is evil. We need to love God and use money. Come on, if you don't like your money, give it to us. Pastor Robert and I will use it. We'll plant some churches. We'll go and do some things with the kingdom of God. Amen? It doesn't just happen through prayer. We need money. And so it's the love of, but what are we serving money? So what do we say? Oh, money's not good. But then we need money to do the good work of the gospel. We say money's not good. Oh, I'm not living for money. Well, what do you do 40 hours a week? Some of us 50. We're working for are you here? But money shouldn't be the thing that we're living for. Anything that takes the place of God being first in our life will cause us to distort from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And praise God when he adds to us. When a, I love the fact people getting married in church and when God finds a man, uh, God finds a, a man finds a, wo a woman, he finds a good thing. Are you here? You should say amen. He didn't say when a man finds a man. When a woman finds a woman, when a man finds a woman, he finds a good thing because that's God's plan for family. Are you here? Anything else is not, not, not his plan. And God designed us. He created us. So he determines the function. He determines the order. Are you here? And so anything that's there and, and then God adds to us, he gives us children, but don't make your child your God. I know some people, you know, they have babies, and I know we got some people pregnant in here, and it's great. But when God adds it to you, it gives you a child. It's adding to you. It's not taking you, taking away from you. Are you here? It adds blessing to you. Come on, if you're called, your family is called. Your children are called. If you're anointed, if you have grace, your children are anointed. Your children will have grace. Are you here? And so, yes, we have to make some adjustments, and, you know, things are different. We have to buy a bigger car sometime. We got to be able to put some that stroller somewhere. There's adjustments that we make, but the journey has not changed. So what will cause us to overcome these times in these last days? The Bible says in the last days in Matthew 24, verse 37, will be like the days of Noah. Someone say Noah. And they will be coming as, this, as a son of man be. For as in the last days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. So what do we see here? Noah experienced the flood. Nobody thought there was a flood coming. No, nobody thought destruction was coming. Everyone's eating, drinking in the midst of their corruption. Sin was so rampant and dark that God said, enough is enough. And so that's the, how the Bible says that's how it's going to be when Jesus comes back. Are you here? So today what do we see? Those that are outside of God, sinners, they hate God's wisdom. But even people in the church hate God's wisdom. Most Christians don't even know the Bible. Come on, let's open up to the book of Hezekiah chapter 4. Some of y'all laughing because there's no book of Hezekiah. But some of us are flipping. Come on. We, we don't know the word of God. Many churches, and your, your church is not one of those, but many churches, they don't teach the word of God. They just teach God loves you. He loves you. You're wonderful. And come on, how many know that's okay when you're a newborn? But come on, you got to learn how to feed yourself. You got to learn how to dress yourself. You got to learn how to bathe. You got to learn how to keep yourself clean. You got to learn how to wear it. Deodorant is important. Amen. And we come into the place of maturity. But sinners will hate God's wisdom. The people, they didn't want to listen. The preacher, Noah, was preaching. The end of the world is coming. Come. And they said, you're all crazy, Noah. There's no Jesus. He's not coming back. There's no God. We live for ourselves. Life is what we make it. Destruction's not coming. But let me tell you, it's coming. 
They were too busy living their own lives, and they never prepared for the coming flood. But as the church, we need to be prepared for what is coming. I'm not here to, to preach doom and gloom because there's victory in Jesus. Come on, we are in Christ. If we're being led by the Holy Spirit, come on, there's protection. There's the guidance of God. But if we are outside of God just living life for ourselves, we're no different than the world. We need to build an ark to keep our family safe. What's an ark? It's the church. The Bible says in the last days, don't forsake the assembly together of the saints that many are doing. Because why? In the church, we begin to get our ears cleaned. David said, I was distraught. I was almost backslidden when I looked at the world and I looked at what they were saying and I looked at the success of the unrighteous and I began to get discouraged. He says, but I came to the house of the Lord and I knew their end. I came to the house of the Lord and, and what I began to get clarity on what is happening. We got to be in the word because the word of God is a light and a lamp unto our path. In the midst of darkness, we need the light. We need to be careful what we're looking at, what we're listening to, what our kids are looking at. We have a problem and, you know, we look right now and there's an identity problem. Young children don't know whether they're boys or girls or they think they're cats. And we laugh and we, we, we it's craziness. But to me, why are they that way? Because of the environment that they're in. Because the environment of the home, the environment of the family, the environment has come to a place, the schools have come to a place, it's not a safe place. And our children are being confused and, and children are vulnerable. And, 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 and they're hearing the wrong thing. There, there's confusion that's coming in and they don't know who their identity is. Come on, we need to begin to speak the identity to our children that they're wonderfully and beautifully made. Come on. And if you're, if you're a girl, God's made you beautiful. You don't have to be, you know, have a six pack and look a certain way. And, and it's not real anyway. It's all airbrushed. Come on. You can be athletic. You don't have to be a boy to be athletic. You can be, you can be a man and be creative. You don't have to, you know, all, all be, you know, an eight pack and, and all a physical fitness guru. There's diversity in this, but we're wonderfully and beautifully made. But God has made men to be strong. God has made us to be leaders. God has put strength in women that is there. And we have our functions. One's not better than the other. We're just created differently. Come on. And men, we think we're strong. Amen. But guess what? We're not as really strong as many of the women. Because come on, I couldn't give birth. I don't, I don't know how you do it. Come on. Carry that basketball. I saw Melanie around, carrying that basketball around. My back just starts hurting looking at her. Come on. And then they're going to, you know, give birth to a child and go through labor and all that. Come on. I cut my finger. I'm a baby. But God's given that tenacity. He's made us different. And together, we come together as man and woman, as male and female, as father and mother. And we begin to raise our children up in the ways of the Lord so that they're old. They'll not depart from it and create a legacy of people who love God and can make this world a better place. Are you here? So how does blessing flow in our lives? So many people are asking for blessing, blessing, blessing. If the blessing's not flowing, there's a problem. Jesus is the ark, but if to be in the ark, we've got to have divine alignment in order for blessing to flow. If our lives are out of alignment, what happens? We get worn out. We get tired. Blessing doesn't flow. Promotion doesn't flow. We've got to have alignment. Someone say alignment. Have you ever had a car that's out of alignment? You know, I have newer cars now, so you know, I get them serviced and they're fine. But I used to, when I first inherited, got a car, my first car was an old Pontiac station wagon. I mean, I was not cool. Come on. But that thing had a 450 in it. It was strong. But because it was old, the, the tires would get out of alignment. And what would happen? As you start going fast, everything starts shaking. If you let go of the steering wheel, it goes to the Right. Because the alignment was off. And I had to get alignment because if not, the tires are going to wear out before their time. 
And when you got in alignment, what would happen? The car runs better. It's able to go in the direction that you're wanting to go. But some Christians' life, they're out of alignment. They've got imbalance in their life. And what happens? They're fighting just to go straight. But when they get tired, they go right back into addiction. They go right back into sexual issues. They go right back into anger. They go right back into those things because their life is not in alignment. We've got to have alignment. This morning you have video projectors, you have TVs, we have different things that are there. But if the, if the thing is out of focus, it's out of alignment, you can't see it. The worst thing, have you ever been to a movie and the screen was out of focus? You're trying to look, is it me? Did I need to get a new pair of glasses? What's going on? Your glasses are fine, but it's out of focus. We got to get back into focus. How many of you ever had a back that's out of alignment? Thank God for the chiropractors. Amen. They've saved me on some airplanes. But in the midst of, of alignment being out, what do you do? You go to him and you got this pain here because it's, it's out of alignment. It's not in the way that God's called your body to function. And there's pain and there's swelling and there's discomfort and you don't sleep well. And what do you do? You go in there and he goes, crack. And he puts it back into alignment. And just a small adjustment many times what happens? The blood starts flowing. The pressure starts going down. The swelling starts going down. We need to look at our lives. Are we in alignment? God wants blessing to flow. How many want the blessing in your life? But we've got to be in alignment. How does the process of blessing happen? Number one, alignment. The Bible says in Luke 7 verse 7, it says, This is what I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself are a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I tell this one go and he does. And I tell that one come and he comes. And I say to my servant do this and he does. What is the centurion soldier saying? He had an understanding of the kingdom. He had the understanding of being in alignment, that there's an authority that is there. And guess what? When we're in alignment to God, if the Bible says it, we don't need to vote. People are saying, oh, well, I don't believe the Bible. It's an irrelevant book. Don't talk to me about the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. It's the ways of God. It's the, it's the instruction book for the kingdom of God. You can't begin to transact with heaven outside of the word of God. Everything God does is based on a principle a pattern in the word of God. He says, whosoever will. The, the Bible is, is, is the cause and effect. If you do this, it will cause this to happen. Blessing and cursing are our choice. We come and we blame the devil. I preached this before, but I'll say it again. We blame the devil, but the devil is not God. The devil is not bro Jesus' brother. Come on, Hollywood tries to paint that he's not Jesus' brother. He's a created being. He can only be in one place at one time. But we blame the devil because of our lack of alignment. Well, the devil's attacking me and you call your girlfriend. Yeah, the devil's attacking me too. He can't be in two places at one time. So how could he be attacking you? And How could Pastor Robert be at Wendy's house and, and be, be with Adam at the same time? It's not possible. Sometimes we think Pastor Robert's everywhere, but he's not. We want to be in one place at one time. I can't be in my church this morning. I'm in Freedom House. We're creative beings. The devil is not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. The only thing he can tell is what you speak out of your mouth. Because his demons are always listening. But what's in your heart, what's in your mind, it's between you and God. He, cannot, he doesn't know that. He only knows when you speak it out. He only has power when you speak it out because God said, I give you life, blessing and cursing in the power of your tongue. So the life we're living is a result of this, the words that we speak. So we need to quit glorifying the devil. Some people, we glorify the devil all the time. Some churches, you walk in and say, you know, there's a sign outside the church. The devil ain't got no room here. Why are we focusing on the devil instead of worshiping Jesus? We're so devil conscious, and I understand there's demons, there's things that are there, but the demon has no power of you. You look in the early church, you don't see a lot of deliverance among Christians. Think about it. But why do demons have power in your life if you belong to Jesus? Because you opened the door. Because of your stinking thinking that comes out of your mouth. Because of words that were spoken to you that you didn't go, mm-mm, talk to the hand. 
and you took them in. And what did you do? You start meditating on those words, and now they become a stronghold. And demons who have that nature are attracted to strongholds. What spiritual warfare? We're, we're fighting the devil. It's not about screaming, fighting the devil. You're screaming, screaming. If your life's out of order, the devil has a right. To the, to the access we've given. Jesus defeated the enemy based on the finished work of Christ on the cross. Come on, he raised us up to sit together with him in the heavenly places. All power and authority has given been given to us. We have a defeated foe. But if we give him room, then he has access to our life. So we've got to have divine alignment. We need to understand how the kingdom works. And when we're in alignment, guess what? If Jesus says something, we say, yes, sir. Lord means master. And he's not a hard task master. He's not trying to control us. He's not trying to, to push us. He's, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. But if we say, no, I'm not doing that, the Holy Spirit says, okay. And then we get upset if people say, if there's a God, have you ever heard this? If there's a God, why is there such evil in the world? If there's a God, why is there sickness and all of those kind of things? And they don't believe in God. But let me say, if you really don't believe in God, all those things are happening, not because of God, because of us. Think about it. That, that argument, atheists, we remove God from the scenario. The world is still spiraling down. Why? Because of the deceitfulness in the heart of man. Think about it. But God is here not to control man because he's given us free will. And that's what love is. It's free will. He's not going to force himself on us, but we can bring ourselves out of darkness and into the light. John tells us, walk in the light as he is in the light, and we will have fellowship with God, and we will have fellowship with one another, and we'll have happy marriages, we'll have happy relationships, but we got to walk in the light. Just believing in Jesus is not enough. We need to have alignment. So say alignment. Some ways we can get aligned. First of all, be planted in the house of God. What does it mean to be planted? You have roots. David says if you're planted in the house of God, you will flourish. I see people stop flourishing. Why? They stop showing up for church. They don't want to be in a connect group. And I've come to a place where sometimes people want to meet, and I'm saying, I'm not meeting you. Why? Because your life's out of alignment. This, this is not magic. I can't bless something God's not blessed. I say, well, that's very hard. Well, I'm sorry. If you're not tithing, you're not going to be blessed. If you're not playing the house of God, you're not going to be blessed. If you're out there playing with fire, you're going to get burnt. And don't blame God. Don't blame the victim. Look in the mirror and say, I need to stop this behavior. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Amen. And we all have to do that. Be planted to plant. Be planted means you have roots and you need to have roots. Why? Because the world is trying to pull us into the wrong things. Psalms, James 4 verse 7 says, submit yourself then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's the key. Submit yourself to God. What is submission? It means you're moving with his mission. His mission for your church, his mission for your life, his mission for your family, his mission for your business, that's submission. I'm submitting to the mission. And then when you do that, you resist the devil because he has a mission for your life. But we say, no, 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 I got time for that. I'm moving with Jesus. I got a mission. I got souls to save. I, I, got, I got money to be made for the kingdom of God. Whatever is God called to, I'm raising up godly children right now. I'm on a mission that God has given to me. And guess what? When you do that, the devil can't touch you. Resist the devil. And what? He'll flee from you. What is, why does he flee? Because you're on a mission. There's no opportunity for him in your life. And guess what? Well, there's resistance. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rules of darkness. Yes, but Jesus has given us authority over them. Every place our feet shall tread. That means when you're walking on the mission, you have authority. No demon in hell can stop you. He can't keep the door closed. If God's determined it, come on. It's going to happen. When the storm comes, what do you do? Speak peace to the storm because God told me to go to the other side. And he will flee from us. And Psalms 23 verse 6 says, surely, someone say surely. surely. 
goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life as I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What does he say? When you're on the mission, when you're aligned to God, guess what? You don't have to chase after blessing. You're following the mission. The devil will flee from you and you look behind you and goodness and mercy is trying to catch up with you. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Alignment is being planted in the house of God. Alignment is being submitted to godly authority. Well, I'm submitted to Jesus. How can you say you're submitted to Jesus when you're not submitted to the authority he's put over your life? Ephesians 4 says God gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and he set them in the church. It's a gift inside of man, a gift for the church, for his people. So that we can take on the stature, the nature, the fullness of God, that we can come into the place of maturity. People say, oh, I just need Jesus. I'm no one's going to tell me what to do. That's ridiculous. That's like you saying, I only listen to mama. I ain't listening to daddy. There's an authority structure. Or in your work, I don't listen to nobody. I'm just here to do my job, and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. No wonder you keep getting fired. There's authority in every arena of life. Well, I don't care. I'm going to, you know, I pay my taxes. I'm going to drive whatever speed limit I want to. And you're going to see those flashing lights. And guess what? You're going to have a ticket. I ain't paying those tickets. Guess what? They're going to put you in jail after a few tickets. Come on. There'll be a warrant for your arrest. We, we, we don't like to submit to authority. We want to do what we want to do. But the, God has put authority in the earth. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden for that would not be a benefit to you. Doesn't get more, it's much more clear than that. Well, I don't really know about that. Well, that's the word. You can choose not to do that. No one's going to force you. You know, there's some places and they're controlling pastors and churches. We got time to control your life and micromanage your life. Are you here? We're here to help you. We're here to be a blessing. But if you want to do what you want to do, do what you want to do. We're not going home with you. Are you here? But you have to face the consequences when things blow up in your relation, when things blow up in finance, when things blow up. Don't come crying because your life's out of order. Are you here? Good preaching this morning, Pastor Derek. Trying to help some people. Come on. How do we come into alignment? You've got to be submitted to your husband in a marriage. Well, I ain't going to submit to any man. Stay single then. Again, I'm not saying submit to a man. If you are in a single, you, you are submitted to God. You're submitted to your authority over your house, over your life. You don't have to be submitted to a man. Are you here? Say amen. But when you get married and you come into a covenant, you now have to understand that God has called the man to be the head of the house. Not the dictator, but the head of the house. And he's given him that function. So the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting to the Lord. Now, for the men, you got to have a mission or no one's going to submit to you. But if you're on a mission into blessing, into the purpose of God, a woman has no problem following you and helping you. But come on, if you're going to sit on the couch and just be lazy and not lift your hand and not do anything, expect your wife to be your mother, then she's not your wife, she's your mother. And you never sleep with your mother. Amen. That's weird. There's order, there's an alignment that's there. But a woman who sees a man who's loving God, passionate for God, out there trying to make more for their family, out there trying to do God's will, has no problem coming alongside and saying, let's, let's go. Come on, some ladies say, let's go. Amen? I say, well, I, these women in Freedom House are too strong. You need a strong woman if you have a strong calling. Come on. And what have we done in our society? Here we go. We weaken men. We have this women's movement to, to be stronger, but you don't need to put a man down to be a strong woman. And so what we have, we now have weak men that have come down to the place and now there's problems because the women have got strong. Women are leading. In the next 15 years, they said that women will be 60% of CEOs will be women. I have no problem with that. 
women are strong. Women are coming up. Wherever there's freedom in, in Christianity, women have freedom. People are like, oh, well, all the women, you know, here and, and the men here and all this in America here. You go, go and put that little thing on when all we can see is your eyes, and then let's let you talk. Come on, there's freedom here. There's no discrimination. Galatians 5 tells us that male and female are the same. There's no Jew or Gentile. There's no male or female. But what is that talking about? Our value. One is not better than the other, but our functions are different. Are you here? And so we need to come back into function. We need to come back into authority. In a marriage, if you want to just be your own, then be, say single. Are you here? But as a man, we need to be strong and lead women. Don't be intimidated. If the woman's stronger, why don't you come up and get some more mission? Why don't you come up and get a bit more spiritual? Why don't you come up and get more in the word of God? Well, I just want a weak woman who would just smile at me and love me and keep me warm at night and cook for me. That's a maid. That ain't a woman. Are you here? We don't want to lower ourselves to that way, women should be able, free to be all who God's called them. I have a strong woman. You met Pastor Susan. She's a strong woman. She's a businesswoman. She's killing it in the marketplace. She's doing things in the, in the kingdom of God. But guess what? I'm stronger. Are you here? And I, she gets to do all that. Someone came and said, how could she do that? She's a woman and you know, she needs to submit. I said, she is submitted. I told her, be free and do what God's called you to do. I'm behind you. Come on. She has her, her women's meeting, and guess what? I'm the guest speaker, but I'm glad she invited me. I mean, I could come and add value, but it's her, you know. I check in the hotel. They say, Mr. Ong. I said, no, 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 it's Mr. Dunn. Come on. But I have no problem. I'm secure in who I am. I'm there to help. God's released her. Come on. And, and, and as I'm a man, a woman can reach women better. So I'm coming alongside to help her in what God's called her to do. There's no conflict here. There's no competition. There's times I've made more money than her. There's times she makes more money than me. But we're a team on a mission. Come on. Someone say, can I get a mission? That's the issue. We need to get a mission. Then we have no problem with submission. Come on, give the Lord a shout. We've got to be also submitted. Alignment is about being submitted to human authority. I ain't get no amens on that. First Peter 2 verse 13 says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. Someone say for the Lord's sake. To every human authority. Whether the emperor as the supreme authority. Now let me clarify. If the emperor tells you to do something and bow down to idols, you submit to the word of God. That's the higher authority. But we need to submit. Don't dishonor your authority. I might not agree with the politicians. I might have my opinion, but I don't dishonor their office. Are you here? The Bible says promotion comes from the Lord. Sometimes we don't like the leader that we have or the leader that we get, but we get the leader we deserve. In the Bible, there were good kings. In the Bible, there were bad kings. But God still had his purpose. He had his mission. And those that were walking with him, come on, they outlived their leaders and they fulfilled their mission. But we don't dishonor authority because when we do that, we dishonor the office that God has established. So we've got to have alignment. Someone say alignment. Be planted in the house of God. Be submitted to godly authority. Be submitted to your husband in marriage. Be, be submitted to human authorities. And when we do that, what happens? As submission is there. Our heart is right. We're in alignment with the word of God. What happens? Order comes. Someone say order. If you want to see blessing, you've got to have order. When you're aligned correctly, order begins to flow. And I'm a, a person of order. I love order. I love structure. I don't worship structure. Structure is not the key to success, but structure helps you. If you don't have a budget, your finances are going to be in a mess. Well, I just, and how I want, I'm led of the Lord. I just cha-ching, 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 and you get the bill, and now you're in trouble. And blame it on Jesus. Come on. You got to have order. You got to have order in your family. You got to have order in your work. There's a process. There's a workflow. We got to have order in, in our home. Come on, I got three kids and an adopted one. 
If I don't have order, it's disarray. The children will run the roost and it will be chaos. We got to have order in the church. There's order. Paul said, let everything be done in decency and order. Where there's no order, there's chaos and blessing can't flow. Psalms 37 verse 23, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. And he delights in every detail of their lives. Why? Because destiny is in the details. If you don't have details in order in the details, you're going to have a problem. Because there's disorder, disunity, and what happens? There's chaos. So God is concerned with the details. Say amen. Amen. I'm not a detailed person in my personality. I mean, there's some people that are analytical. They're details. They love it. They love all the Excel sheets and all that stuff and the things to do lists. And they love all the the counting and all that kind of stuff. And they can sit there for hours and do it. It exhausts me. It wears me out. So I pay other people to do it for me. Amen. But it's important. It keeps me focused. I have a calendar. I have a schedule. I have a budget for all the things I'm doing. I'm doing businesses and ministry and and family. And and if I don't, how can I manage everything I'm managing? The Bible says you have to manage your own life before you can manage the household of God. What does it mean to manage? Be aware of the details. And as you master that, you're able to do that. Now you can come into the house of God and you can manage it. How many of you are believing God for business? You want to prosper. There's entrepreneurs that that God wants to launch out. But if you can't manage your own life, how can you manage your business? Because, well, I want to work for myself. Well, would you get out of bed in the morning? I want to, we want the freedom, but we don't want the structure and the order. Hebrews 6 and verse 1, it says, let us go on to grown-up teaching. Come on, someone say it's time to grow up. Let, let us not go back over the beginning list lessons we learned about Christ. Don't be just in the elementary thing. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. You're saved from darkness and, 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 and you're just, you're blessed. That's true. Amen. You are blessed. But now what? I'm saved. I'm just thankful I'm saved. You're saved for something. From something and for something. Amen. It says we should not again start teaching about faith in God and about turning away from those acts that lead to death. What is he saying? Let's get out of the basic of just dealing with the sin problem. Let's get a hold of the mission and start running with what God has for us and not keep going around the mountain over and over again. In verse 4 he says some people cannot be brought back again to a changed life. What is he saying? He's talking about their heart. There's no order in their life. They once were in God's light. They enjoyed heaven's gift. They shared in the Holy Spirit. They found out how good God's word is. And they received the power of this new world. What? They got saved. They got healed. They got delivered. They got restored. But what happened? They fell away from Christ. Why did they fall? Because they weren't aligned. Why did they fall? Because there's not order in their life. And it says it's impossible to bring them back to a changed life again because they're nailing the Son of God to a cross again and are shaming him in front of others. What are they saying? They now no longer want to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. That's the issue. We want the blessing, but not the Lordship. And as we're struggling with Lordship, we make a decision, I'm going to live my own life. I believe in God, but I'm going to live my own life. There was a survey, and I think it was 76% of Americans said they believe in God. But only less than than 20% are in church on Sunday. How do we know what we believe? It affects our lifestyle. And so he says, some of you are like land that gets plenty of rain. The land produces a good crop for those who work it. For those who what? Work it. So blessing in our life really has to come to us. God gives the increase, but you got to sow. A farmer doesn't say, thank you, God, for the land and sit there sipping his coffee looking at the field. And they get upset. Why the farmer down the street got a harvest and I ain't got no harvest? Because you're sitting there drinking coffee. What do you got to do? Faith without works is dead. It's non-existent. You got to get out there and plow the ground. Plowing the ground is not fun. 
It's hard work. There's rocks. You got to plow up the ground. It's difficult. Sometimes it's resisting. And then what do you got to do? You got to go and fertilize the ground. And then what do you got to do? You got to go and put the seeds in it. And then you got to keep the weeds out of it. You got to protect it. And guess what? The harvest comes. You're like, I'm so glad the harvest is there. But guess what? You got to go and pick the harvest. And then you get the blessing. Then your vats are full. Then you can go sell the harvest and, and eat from this fruit. But then you got to take part of it and sow it again. That's the principle that God gives us. But we can have the rain. We can enjoy what God does. But we have to work also. God works with us. And what happens? It receives God's blessing. He says, other people are like the land that grows thorns and weeds and is worthless. And it's about to be cursed by God. And it will be destroyed by fire. What is he talking about? People that walk with him, that are away from him, that did not submit his Lord to his lordship. Well, God is good. How could he send anyone from, to hell? How many of you heard that? Hell was not made for people. Hell was made for the devil that's in rebellion. And those that followed him and fell, demons, one third of the angels. That's what hell was created for. But why do people go to hell? Because we choose to reject God and don't want to accept him and don't want to bow to his lordship and align ourselves with the enemy. Are you here? So we need to be those that are in alignment, those that have our lives in order. In the midst of the journey, what is God doing? He's developing lordship in our life that brings about character. Another word for character is Christ-likeness. That we want to be like Jesus. Are you here? He's developing charisma in us. What's charisma? We're led by the Holy Spirit. That he can take the foolish things of this world and confound the wise. Come on. I came from a divorced family. I came from a poor family. I came from a family that, that, that had a lot of mess. But look what God's done. He's turned it into a message. Come on, turn your name and say, there's hope for you. Come on. Come on, there's hope for all of us, amen? You're watching online, there's hope for you. And he wants to give us a calling. What's our calling? Our mission. What are we called to do? If we want to see blessing, we've got to have alignment. And that alignment, we bring order into our lives. And then what happens? There's an anointing. I feel the presence of God. There's an anointing. Sometimes God is so far. I don't feel God. I'm feeling dry. Why? Because your life is not in order. You're not in alignment. But if we get into alignment, we get into order, anointing flows. What is the anointing? One of the descriptions of anointing is oil. How many know that you don't change the oil in your car? You don't keep the oil clean? Your engine will blow up. It's not the car's fault. Oil keeps things lubricated. Oil keeps things going. Are you here? When you're dry and you got dry skin and, you know, it's, it came up here, it was, it was cold and I put some body lotion on because my skin's cracking a little bit. There's oil in it and it, it smooths, it, it lubricates, it, it, it protects you. There's an anointing for truth. In 1 John 2 verse 20, the Bible says this, the Holy Spirit has been given to you and you know all the truth. So in the anointing, there's truth that walks in our life. The Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 27, but the anointing which you've received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but you have the same anointing that teaches you concerning all things. When there's an anointing, the areas that you fall short in, the areas you don't know, the Holy Spirit will make up for it in your life. Are you here? The anointing flows through leadership. The anointing flows through life. And then what happens is we're seeking first the kingdom of God. As, as, as we're walking with God, all the things we have need of are added to us. Blessing begins to flow. Someone say blessing. Say alignment, order, anointing, and blessing. Isaiah 1 verse 9 says this. I like the musicians to come. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Willingness has to do with aligning a heart. Obedience has to do with order. And guess what? The anointing and blessing will flow in our lands and you will have prosperity. Psalms 133 verse 1, last verse, it says this. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like the precious oil flow that's poured over the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down to the collar of the robes. 
It's like the dew of Hermon, which was falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life every morning. I got up this morning and I was waiting for my Pastor Robert to come pick me up. And I went down early and I was sitting on the couch and all the, 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 the doors were open and just the beautiful breeze was blowing in. of That nice, clean Santa Cruz air that we don't get in L.A. Come on. And I was sitting there just enjoying and like the dew that's there, that refreshing wind that's that's coming there and the presence of God is there. I got up this morning and I spent time with the Lord and began to pray and there's an anointing, there's a break that's there in the midst of all the problems. We just keep walking towards the mission. We keep obeying God and blessing will flow. Are you here? I want you to stand on your feet this morning. Are there areas in your life that you're not aligned? Get into alignment. Not out of fear of what's coming, but out of the fear of the Lord. There's a difference. We're heading for ter tribula tribulation, terrible, perilous times. But guess what? When we're, we're in the ark, we're in Christ. There's protection. But our life's got to be in alignment. Are you out of alignment in your finances? Come on, there's a box in the back. Get in alignment today. Are you out of alignment in your connection, your commitment to the house of God? Get in alignment. Come on, get put there. FHUS.org slash connect. Or fellowship or what? Get connected. Are you out of alignment in your gifts? Get connected in serving. What area do you need to bring in alignment? What area do you need to bring in order? Maybe you're in alignment, but you're, there's not order. You're not, you're not making the changes in your life because it's uncomfortable. Come on, how many you know to be, to be healthy, you got to change your diet? You got to change your exercise. It's uncomfortable. Come on, I want to just sit there and eat chocolate. But I don't give to the flesh. I got to go home. I told Pastor Robert Monday, so I've been traveling and people bless me. Amen. I'm going home and I'm doing a diet. And I'm going, to, why? Because I got to be just, I got to bring things into order. So I can keep serving Jesus for the next 50 years. Are you? Where's the, the area of order that you need? Come on, when you put those things in, anointing begins to flow. Blessing begins to flow. Goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. I want you to just pray in the spirit right now. Come on. If the Holy Spirit's convicting you this morning, just say, Holy Spirit, forgive me. Holy Spirit, help me. He'll help you. It's not easy, but he'll help you. He'll help you. Come on, put things right right now. Let's leave this place with alignment in our hearts. Maybe we're out of alignment because there's unforgiveness and, and things have come and resentments come. Come on, today bring alignment in your life through forgiveness. That order would flow. What are the things that God's speaking to you? You need to put your life in order. Maybe he's putting your finances in order. Maybe he's putting your business in order. Maybe he's putting your marriage in order. Maybe he's putting... Your, your household in order with your children. Come on, whatever it is. Come on, begin to say, God, I'm going to put things in order this week. We thank you, God, as we begin to do that, that the anointing flows. Blessing begins to flow over our lives. I want you to touch your head right now. Just put your hand over your head. Say, Father, anoint my mind that I might receive your wisdom. Come on, put your hand over your eyes. Say, anoint my eyes, Lord that I might see the vision, that it would be clear and I would know my part in it. Put your hand over your ears. Say, anoint my ears, Lord, that I can hear your voice, that I can follow your voice. Come on, put your hand over your mouth. Say, anoint my words, that I might speak life into others, into the church, into my community. Come on, lift your hands. Just receive that anointing this morning. We're almost out of time. Just forget to receive that anointing right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for anointing. We thank you for blessing that's flowing in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you. We thank you for fresh oil this morning coming over our life, coming over our family, coming over our businesses, Lord, that you would begin to command your blessing upon our life because our lives are in order and I just hear the Lord say as you begin to make the adjustments says God you've been waiting on me but I've been waiting on things to be put in order 
And as you begin to put things in order, have I not said, as I said in Deuteronomy 28, that I will command my blessing to come upon you. In this hour, you will see those that have been faithful, those that have been struggling, those that have been standing firm when they've done all that they can do. And I am about to command blessing to come upon them. There'll be blessing in their coming. There'll be blessing in going. There'll be blessing in spiritual things and blessing in natural things, says the Lord. For I am raising up my people. I'm raising up a remnant who will know their God, who will do great exploits. And people will look and say, how can you prosper in the midst of what is happening in the economy? How can you prosper in the midst of times when there's such discertainty and division among couples? How can you prosper and your children, children be blessed and love the Lord and be strong in their identity because your house was in order? My anointing will flow and blessing will flow, says the Lord. And all will be able to see there'll be an attractiveness that will come upon my people. That people will look and say, what must I do to experience this blessing? What must I do to experience this favor? And you will begin to share and you'll begin to tell them that I am the source. You'll begin to tell them of what I have done, that I broke the power of darkness. I broke the curse and I commanded blessing on those who follow after me, says the Spirit of the Lord. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And I just hear, especially Adam and Melanie, as I was just declaring that you're coming into a season of blessing. I hear the Lord say you've been faithful. There's been things that have been difficult. And even at times you thought of letting go of things and you said, oh, it's too hard. We need to maybe make adjustments. But you were faithful, says the Lord. You honored me. You honored this house. And I'm about to honor you. Get ready, says the Lord. I'm commanding my blessing coming upon you. And even as you give birth this uh, at the end of this year, you're coming into a new season, says the Lord. Don't worry, says God, about being, the, the, about being able to manage. I will give you the capacity. I will give you the anointing. I will give you the authority. And you will continue to grow. You will continue to flourish. You will continue to be an example of my goodness and my mercy. So get ready, get ready, get ready, says the Spirit of the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Yeah, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Someone say alignment. Come on, someone say order. Someone say anointing. Come on, and someone begin in faith, begin to thank God for the blessing over your life right now. Come on, let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 I think we were just pastor today. Would you agree with me? The chiropractor was in the house, and it feels good. Amen. Put your arms around you. Squeeze real tight. That's a hug from Pastor Robert. God bless you. Go in the blessing and in the order and the alignment and the anointing of God. You're listening to the Freedom House Podcast. We're a house that will empower you in your walk with Christ to get free, live free, and set others free. This is our Sunday service series. For more information, go to FHUS.org. Enjoy. Enjoy.